You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. This week it's the Somebody Likes It membership pledge drive. Don't forget to email us at message somebody at gmail.com with your pledge or with a request. We we have convened once again. That's always good. So uh, yeah, meeting of the minds. That's like yeah. it's just, something. It's just there's just stuff all over this. It's like mostly candy and and ginger ale and whiskey and whiskey. Yeah, yeah that's it's true. like it's like and uh, La Croix. It's like a homeless Halloween in here. I think it's Lacroix. Respectful. Well, I think if you if, frigid outside. Yeah, if you pronounce it like in English, then you'd say Lacroix. But uh, well, actually, I I took like five years of French. Yeah, I know, they but I say mean, Lacroix. But, but it's it's the Lacroix River that's bottled out of like. Mark, how do you say it? You're Frenchish. You would say La Croix, but I'm telling you, this, the town. It's LaCroix. The, they say LaCroix. La the, the company okay. itself. It's like Manchac here in town. That's just, on their website. It's, okay. It's pronounced LaCroix. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. Boom. You're sitting. Actually. I think I like. I, sit, I think, I, I, sir, I took five years of French. I think I would know the answer <laughs> to this. I said good day. Yes. I like how you turned me into like the the white nerd from all the like black comedians. <laughs> I took five years of French. I fair. took five years of French. I said good day, sir. Yeah, I held, so, my, held hey, my butt real tight while you did I, that. I hate to pivot off of this uh, this thread of uh, entertainment, but uh, I guess was it the, is it the Grammy nominations that are out? Yeah, let's play some theme music. We'll talk about it on the other side. How about that, kids? Sounds good to me. All right, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. Mark. Somebody likes it. Mark, did you say the grannies? The grannies. Yes. Yes. The granny nominations. It's all artists over 70. Many Pearl covers. I like to think it's just just like people's grannies. They just (laughs) submit their grandmothers, and then then for some reason there's like a judge panel that picks the grannies. (laughs) Which granny is like, what's the criteria for winning a granny? I I don't don't know, like the night... Can you knit? There's like the knitting category, and then there's like the cooking, yeah. baking cookies category, shit like that. It would be, yeah. a, it'd so be a great trophy. So it's not musicians that actually win a granny. Like they don't. No, take no, no. It's like it's like grandmothers. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a competition for grandmothering. Okay. Yeah. Right. The the problem with that is that like you have to turn that show up really loud to hear it. <laughs> anyway. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Use yeah. really so, large fonts on the on the all, screen. All the exactly. statues are like shaped like the old lady on the Beverly Hillbillies. Like well, that's a precious moment, figurines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Grammys actually were announced. What yesterday? Grammy nominations. Uh, finally, a a real arbiter of uh, of what should be recognized as the best in music. Yeah, we've said this before on the show, and I think it should be said again. Um, does anybody actually watch the fucking Grammys? Like, I hear a whole lot of. I mean, them. they they still get broadcast. They still do them, but I mean, do they matter? Like, I don't. I don't well, those are two different questions, right? Okay. Like, I assume that some people watch them. I mean, there are there are shows that that run for years that I don't think are. I watched them when I was a kid before I realized how stupid they were. I think I watched them when I was a kid too. I remember watching some shit, but I so don't do know, you have a rooting interest? Ago. Do you have a rooting interest? Well, I well, mean, I, Sturgill Simpson. I'd like, yeah, I, yeah, I have now seen two articles that are like, uh, so here's who Sturgill Simpson is. So. You know, since today is the first day you ever heard of him. Well, and here's the thing: a Sailor's Guide to Earth. It's saying on this, but he didn't put out a Sailor's Guide to Earth. Is that actually the album that got re- that got, got released in 2016? Oh no, no, yeah. no! You're right. Yeah. I, well, I thought it got released last year. No, oh, that no, was the um, that was the that was the one turtles before. all the way down. Yeah. So I was so I was like one year behind for each of those records. I think right. you explained this to me last year, but again, I'm going to ask the question: What's the difference between an album of the year and a record of the year? Um, it. Okay, I think record so, of the year is a song. Record of the year is a song. Song of the year is like the sheet music of the song. So the record of the year is the actual recording of the song. The so album confused. of the year. So record of the year is just one song. And you see, song an album is year. a collection of songs. Right, but I'm, uh, what he's saying, well, I think. What, well, but what, then, what's the difference between record of the year and song of the year? Song of the year is like the sheet music. Um, the composition is the composition of, of right. said song. 
And the, and the record oh, of the year is the actual okay, recording of that song. And then the liner notes of the year are the just the notes that somebody makes about the record of the year. Can can I just say that one of the one of the nominations for song of the year is uh, by Mike Posner, who I have no fucking clue who that is, but apparently he wrote some shit with Justin Bieber at some point in Maroon Five. The name of the song is "I I Took a Pill in Ibiza." Um, I I think I hear that's popular there. Right. Yeah. But that's it's it's sort of those one of those things is not like the other like that that that. that Song title? I don't know. Yeah. Well, hello, love yourself, seven years. I took a pill in Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, look, Anderson Park. Who will, Best uh, new artist. At some point, nominee. We'll, be, we'll be talking about him on the show. I don't know when, but at some point we will be. We shall. Technically, he released an album two years ago also, but the Grammys don't seem to notice things like that. No, I don't think they That's really- the deal. Like, the criteria for, like, Receiving a Grammy nomination, you have to sell, like, X number of units. Like, I don't think it's official that you do, but that's always the case. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, I guess it's sort of similar to the Oscars and, like, to a large degree. Well, I understand, like, not handing out a Best Picture nomination to a student film that happens to be feature-length, but... it's a lot of times the reason why I get, you know, like, it's, it's... like labels glad handing to get those songs nominated and to get them to win. It's the same thing with like studios glad sure. handing. I mean, if it's like a small independent, tiny little label, I mean, they don't have the funds to fly out to LA and New York and mm-hmm. press the flesh. That's why, you know, for the most part you see shitty, you know. So it looks like Weezer has released yet another album called Weezer. Yes. Isn't it the black album this time? Yeah, they always just call it whatever color it is. Yeah, they, but yes, they released it. It's like their, their fourth, I guess. Their, I think it's their third. No, they had the blue. They had the blue, then they had the green. They had the green. And I think... No, Wasn't there like a red one, maybe? I don't know. I don't think... Was, I don't know. I don't, I don't... I lost track of Weezer in 1994. I did go listen to them perform all of their first record uh, at Stubbs. Um, me and our buddy Cheeto grabbed a six-pack and went to the parking garage across the street and just listened. I don't think they let you do that anymore now. Well, that like, parking garage doesn't exist anymore. Well, no, it's no, no, but, I mean, but you used to... Right, well, that doesn't exist anymore. That's correct. But there's, like, across the... There's, like, you know, that stinky Waller Creek right there, and there's, like, little cliffs. Mm-hmm. And you used to be able to go over there and, like, drink beer and watch shows and stuff, but I think they cracked down on that. Yeah, I well, I don't know. We I'm were sure we were on the other side. This is yeah. radio. All you folks who don't live in Austin, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've decided that, uh, I don't know, the Grammys, um, they're going to happen. I feel like the Grammys is always, like, is mostly comprised of acts you've heard too much about and, uh, and like, honorariums. Like, somebody somebody has died and they put a record out and so that's going to get honored. Or it's like somebody's passed their prime and then finally put a record out after a long time. It's like... I feel like it's too much. It's it's too much uh, soap opera. And it's a little schmaltzy. Not as much whole, music. I'm gonna need a whole separate Grammy uh, show just for the people that died. Oh, no shit. Oh yeah, no. It's like the bloodletting. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, this was this one was a tough one. Yeah. Anyway, but they also started last year. They started doing that thing where they kind of like extended some olive branches to some sort of you know. More independent art, you know, like they're doing this year with Anderson Pock and Sturgill Simpson. Last year, what they had, Courtney, Courtney Barnett. Barnett. And yeah. They had a couple more. I can't remember because I don't really in one ear and out the other with right with well, awards. Day. Anyway, it's, it's happening. Season, yeah. All right. So this week, um, I picked Anderson Pock's record Malibu, and gentlemen. So I he, thought we were listening to Anderson Cooper. I'm sorry. It's just oh, that. Kevin's been watching a lot of CNN yeah, the last week. No, uh, isn't it dot pock? It's yes, it is. It's Anderson and, dot pock. And the yeah. dot apparently is stands for detail. Yes, is what he is exactly. Well, his name Pock is actually his middle name, and Anderson, Anderson is, is his last, last name. name. So he he flipped it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about why he did that. Dude seems like a very interesting guy. Well, it's better than his old moniker. Uh, uh, what was that? What was? Yeah. Uh, oh God. Something Lovejoy. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Breezy Lovejoy. Breezy Lovejoy. I I like what I just like that that they felt uh, that one of the details they felt was was pertinent to put on his Wikipedia page was that he at one point was working at a marijuana farm and then was let go. 
Well, I, was let go with no notice. I was like, oh, yeah, is yeah. there a lot of process in the corporate side of marijuana well, I was, farming? I was feeling really <laughs> bad for him, and then he mentioned in an interview I read on, in the, the Guardian that he was making $150 an hour. Oh, that those motherfuckers make a lot of... Well, it's a seasonal thing. Too. I would hope he had a little cash on hand. Uh, he had a wife and a kid. And well, I know. So, dude's bio, like, stress me out. <laughs> in, yeah. what, in what it's, way? Well, he's seven years old, watched his dad oh, nearly yeah. nearly beat his mom to death, and then his dad yeah. went to prison, and he never saw him again until he was being put in a box. Uh, his mom... Like, you know, was a successful entrepreneur who got really into gambling. And then I just got to that part of the right, story. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't going to go well. And <laughs> apparently she was really good. At it. She made a bunch of money, but she just didn't happen to pay anything to the government. And so they caught wind of that. And yeah, she, right. she got locked away. Then, I wasn't thinking of that. And he's got like a newborn and he gets he loses his job. And they're homeless. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the record itself? It's another one of those where like... Um, I can tell that it's really good, like categorically, but it's not really my genre. Um, I had a similar reaction. I, there's I there's one song on it that I absolutely love, and it's done in like more of a funk idiom. But I'm just not really into like slow jams and I that kind of thing. And also, I don't smoke weed. I think that would help. I think those lyrics are funny. Like I think his lyrics. But, but he, are really no, good. he's a great writer. Um, I, I wish that if the if the I like this record. Um, but I wish that they had cut 20 minutes off of it and cut a lot of those. It's a like, little lengthy. It, well, it's lengthy, but some of those R&B jams are so R&B. Like, it's, there's, there's some fucking classic songs on this record. Like, there's two or three that for sure that are just awesome that will really stand the test of time. But some of them just kind of – I mean, if you're in the mood for it, I guess, I just – I'm not really like a super R&B – Slow jam listener myself. Some of those, some of those slower jams, though, I, I thought it were really interesting. I mean, the guy's I, got a really interesting mind, and he's they, they're fucking with like bringing all kinds of different. I think he's talented music. as fuck, but I just felt like the more appropriate thing would be like if I was trying to seduce a woman with weed, like <laughs> I didn't this get would that. be your go-to record. I didn't get there's that a, vibe at all. There's personally. a little bit of, like I, I I do like I'm not maybe not totally on the same page as you, Ry, but like. I do kind of feel like there's there's a chance that some of these songs are played in rooms with satin sheets. Like it's just I uh, suspect, <laughs> yeah. But if you go and listen to those, that's the thing that that I really like. I mean, number one, I feel like he's he's bringing in different outside influences, you know, and um, but his lyrics are so fucking witty and weird. Like the guy's got a weird mind, and I think that that's what elevates. Some well, and of a lot songs. of it's like autobiographical. It, it turns out. Uh, yeah, but he's just he, such a good writer. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a great, no, he's I, a great, I great writer. And, it, and like I, I, was, I was disappointed in myself that I didn't enjoy it more. Well, I'll tell you what. I will tell you this. The, uh, uh, it took me a few listens to warm up to some of the slower songs. And once I warmed up to him, like the whole the whole record I made did, a lot more sense. I did take a second pass through it, uh, not all the way through, but like I noticed that you know going through it a second time, I appreciated them more. Because I guess like in your first impression, I was just like, "Oh, it's going to be R and B slow jams." Right, and that's what I thought too. Yeah, but the, I mean, I, I listened to it more than twice. I listened to it several times, and every single time I listened to it, I liked it more and more and more. Now, the f- I don't think it starts out very strong. Those first couple of songs are pretty, whatever, a little hippy dippy and and a little too. But then about the third song, it really starts picking up. Um, but I don't know. You guys want to listen to one of these? Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure the one that you like, Ryan, is Come Down. That is the one I like. That's, that's, the, be- that's the fucking knockout song on this record. So why don't we listen to that one? Please. Y'all niggas got me hot.
that song's a fucking classic, man. Oh, I dig it. Like, I, I mean, yeah. there's, that song does no wrong. That song will. I'm amazed he is not fucking like top of the charts, famous as a motherfucker. Because I mean, this album has been out almost a year. So I don't get it. Well, he's on what Aftermath Records, uh, Dr. Dre's label. Yeah, he is. He, who got, is that? They've got the resources. Well, and that's we haven't told well, that story yet. I mean, that had to do with how he broke. Like, yeah, the he, level he, that he had. I guess he was can, on. Can you, can you table that for just one second before I forget it? Sure. Uh, I just really appreciate the use of the word britches in that song. Uh, so, uh, I was get told, your britches down. Mark and I were talking about this before you guys got it. Like he's he's such a funny fucking writer. Like he throws in this. I just weird... haven't heard that from anybody other than like a, like a great uncle. I know. I know. <laughs> well, also he <laughs> says he also refer, he also uses he also says cool beans in that song. He does too. say cool beans. And he's he's just you know he turns the genre on its head a little bit like that. Of course that song's way different it, than most to, of the record. Than most of the record, but even the R and B songs, a lot of them like. He does stuff that that turns it a little bit to people that listen to that stuff a lot. Well, it was the rare it. record where I actually like really enjoyed the lyrics more than I did the music. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I totally get it. Like I said, it, it it cut about twenty. I think if you cut about twenty minutes out of this record, I mean it's a fucking hour long, forty minutes. Um, you you could easily chop off a third, and it would be a fantastic. St- because here here's two other things. I mean. Did Dre produce this, or he just a bunch of people it. did? A bunch of okay. people produced individual tracks. But here, you know, we're talking about like how great of a lyricist he is. He's also an incredible drummer. Um, well, that was his like home instrument, apparently. Yeah, but he's he's fucking crazy good behind the drums, and also his voice sounds awesome. He's got a really he can he can both rap and sing. And, but he, like, he's got that real rasp, but he also like breaks sometimes, and like mm-hmm. I don't, he's got just a great. Well, there were moments voice. where I thought he sounded a little bit like Prince, and then the, Kendrick then, Lamar. He's got a little Kendrick Lamar in there too. But yeah, yeah there's a couple of songs that that really remind me of Prince. But I think he's. But got Kevin, you wanted to get into the Dr. Dre affiliation. Well, yeah, and this actually kind of touches on a couple of things that you guys just mentioned. But here's a little snippet from the Pitchfork review, and they, uh, of course, just fell all over themselves loving uh, loving this record. And anyway, they said uh, the guy who wrote this piece said Dot Pock's name is more um, prominent these days given his recent work on Dr. Dre's Compton, where he appeared on six of sixteen tracks. But even in his sophomore album, 2014's Venice. Showed flashes of brilliance. Uh, Venice was an easy listen on Malibu. Dot Pock celebrates his progression by acknowledging where he's coming from, the rituals he's endured, and the things he's seen. And then essentially, like he says, he goes on to say, much like Kendrick Lamar, uh, Dot Pock skillfully depicts his surroundings while remaining in the foreground. And I do think that like that that phrase kind of stuck with me. It's mm-hmm. like I think that that's true. Like it does feel like he's. Uh, Kind of patching things in many cases genres together. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he kind of turns that that R and B uh, paradigm on its head a little bit, and and he does. And there are uh, there's some of these songs, and at least one of them I'm gonna, I'm gonna play later, where he's he's flirting with indie rock at some points, like, but you kind of don't really notice it. Well, it, it's a mishmash of a bunch of different, but styles. it's done so smoothly that it's it takes a little while I mean, to break little, it apart. There's a little bit of jazz thrown in there. Um, you know, traditional like hip hop and rap, and then of course funk. Um, well, and did you guys read up at all on the on the cover art EP that he put out in 2013, which is basically like to your point, Shane? Like I did it. He like, kind of turned the the like covering like what the 50s musicians did uh, in covering. No, like, I don't know anything about. Well, yeah, I guess he would cover like black yeah. artists uh, and kind of turn them white, and so he covered a bunch of like classic rock and turn it black no that sounds fucking awesome no yeah it's <laughs> great see like, yeah it's like the white stripes and uh the yeah yeah yeahs and uh yeah and he, he gave it his own flavor so it's like he has he has uh he has a certain like kind of bold comfort level with like just flipping things around and seeing what's on the other side i i does that i mean there's got to be something that i mean that is holding him back from from exploding in the mainstream, it doesn't well, make dude, any sense like, to me. But we're we're probably watching the explosion happen right now. Dude just you, got nominated for a Grammy like yesterday. But do you? I, I wonder if if it's sort of because he's. Uh, I mean, this not, doesn't necessarily. I'm, I'm. I'm. This is not something I've thought about before until right now, and it's not, and it wouldn't necessarily hold true because it, you know it could also apply to Kendrick Lamar. But do you think maybe like. He might be suited for like white indie rockers in some way. Like that would be like the R and B guy to listen. I don't know be- because he. A, I'm me- kind of a white indie rocker, and I didn't appreciate it as much as. No, no, no. I, I no. I'm like. just saying, like, because he tries 
he messes with genres so much. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just, well, I'm just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, I didn't answer that question. I was, that was legitimately a question. And I, and I, well, I do think also, you know, you get a little bit more latitude when you are a witty lyricist, like when you're having, when you're clearly having fun. He's a fun real with, fucking smart lyricist. Well, right. And he's clearly having fun with the process. So that, that translates into, into a listen that is never dull. So the Dr. Like, even Dre if it's thing, not like, you, I it's guess, not dull. Uh, what I read was Dre just like re- had his like A&R people like just reach out to him. Because he'd heard a collaboration he did with something where the dude called Knowledge or something, uh, but there's an X where the O is supposed to be. Which, yeah, sure. That's his uh, other act. Yeah, it's yeah. like a side project. And but anyway, um, Dre, like you know, I guess he's the next Snoop Dogg or uh, Eminem. Like that's that's his new project is making this dude famous. Well, hope I hope so. I mean, he definitely deserves s- something like that. I don't know. Um, there's a couple of, uh, you know what? Let, why don't we listen to that song that I was talking about a second ago? Like where I think he kind of brings in like, um, it's a slower song, but um, he, he brings in like some almost some indie rock elements in there, and uh, I think it's really interesting. Anyway, the name of the song is Parking Lot. Malibu is a community-oriented project, much like the Chance the Rapper on last year's Surf, informed by the voices from his past and full of guests who are given ample space to do their best work. Rhapsody flows affectingly about heartache over a Dilla-esque boom-bop. Many songs write out an extended breakdown like Parking Lot, which feels like a studio band given room to stretch. That's another little piece from the... Uh, pitchfork take on this well, but I like that track a lot I thought that was great yeah listening back to that I can kind of see that being like sort of like how Outkast is one of those bands that kind of cross or one of those yeah. acts that kind of crosses over oh know, that's to, interesting that you bring up Outkast I could totally like see the not necessarily that I, I could I, I don't think it's like a direct influence. No, no, no. Or but I could, I could see like the comparison. But I, I know like people who's, you know, like we have a, a mutual friend who's a music critic. His favorite band is U2, but he also loves Outkast. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of how I feel about this. That song to me sort of sounds like like newer, slower. Like if Vampire Weekend, if you mix it with like TV on the radio kind of stuff. I mean, those are the those are the. Tent poles, that kind of that kind of sound for me, rather than you and know. got high before you recorded it. I, I keep coming back to that. It sounds like a like a weed record to me. Um, I mean, I think it's it's a bunch of the like kind of more trippy production stuff that that leads me down that path. I don't smoke weed, so I don't necessarily understand. Like to me, weed records are like the records I hear guys that like getting gas next to me, like that you, that weed is wafting out the window. Smell and, them, and yeah, <laughs> and that's the, the shit lot. that they're listening to. Like, I mean, there there are elements of that in this. You know, you you, you drank all my liquor. What I'm what I'm supposed to do now? Like, by the way, that is a fucking genius line too. You drank uh, all my liquor. You, what am I supposed to do now? You drink you, in uh, come down. He's like, you drink all my liquor. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> <laughs> that's happened to all of us, I think. Yeah, point. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't really understand the weed record part of it. I guess I kind of do. Do you think that that was informed that you by your reading up on, on like his? No, I kind of thought that already, and then I I just tonight like kind of read up on his bio and read an interview that he'd done, and um, and he doesn't. Really, I mean, he brings it up a little bit. Like I think he says something about reefer or something at some point. Oh no, he does. Like uh, yeah, it's, it's 
I mean, it's not like the it's not like Cypress Hill or some shit where it's like the central. Yeah, that's theme not of the a, okay. Record. That's a good example. Cypress Hill. That is a that's a stoner that record. Stoner record. Complete of their band. We like we <laughs> from start to finish. There's no band. there's no radio edit on when you're Cypress Hill on that shit. Like they're 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 big. Like It'd be like two seconds long. The big yeah. hit, what one of their big big biggest hits hits from the bong and <laughs> that's just, it's just yeah I just lay it all out there and now that by the way was like 25 years ago <laughs> before yeah, we did it they didn't give a shit hits from the bong yeah but anyway no it was just a vibe i got uh no i mean just, i guess i can hear what you're saying i i just the, the records to me it was the musicianship um and the the words terrific like, the wordplay and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I mean that last song, like I didn't. I really don't have anything to complain about with this record, other than the fact that like it's just not really my genre. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I get that. Um, like when we listen to that Dave Brubeck record, like there's one song that I absolutely love, but the rest of it is I'm just like, yeah, it's a really good record in a, right. a style that I don't really appreciate as much. Sure. I mean that's that's all that's all understandable. I yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day. I'll keep coming back to if this if they chop twenty minutes off this album, I would have picked it as one of my top ten of the year for sure, maybe top five. But as it is, it's it's a very very solid, interesting record, and I can't hear wait to hear what he's going to come up with next. Let's Kevin, do you have anything to add before we hit a few minutes with? Well, I mean the the stuff that I would add, I think, is probably better coming out of the break on the other side because because um, I want to talk when we come back and we talk about this later. I want to talk about like. All of the contributors. We've touched on the fact that there that there are some, and that each one of these tracks is like kind of its own little thing. Okay. But that I think there's more to cover there. That's a good idea. Cool. Okay. So uh, yeah, this week. A few. We're gonna take a few minutes uh, to spend with uh, to to spend with uh, William James Macaulay the second, um, which is not the name of the, the act. That's just how the guy signs his checks. Name of the uh, name of the act uh, is uh, is Blue, B L E U, which I can't say without uh, giving it that uh, shitty French Blue. accent. Blue. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, no, he put out a track in, in, um, 2003 called Get Up, and, uh, let's give that one a whirl. Get up from blue, dude. Yeah. Nice, nice pick, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, a good song. That would be an example of something that is much more like I'm more likely to like just <laughs> in right your, off the bat. In your sweet spot than, yeah. than the other. Yeah, so yeah, I think his his story is kind of interesting. Um, he's a Boston kid uh, or guy. Like he went to Berkeley College of Music. The thing that I actually like, so I really dug that track and have for a long time. But the 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 thing that I got the biggest kick out of was like just doing a little bit of digging on this. Was that apparently he is uh, he's the lead singer and songwriter for an ELO cover uh, power pop cover band called Elio. And, well, he wouldn't uh, be the songwriter if if they're a cover band. But. Uh, well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah fair, fair, fair. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, and then uh, and I then dig a, me some ELO though, and I could see how he would like them. <laughs> oh, you were saying? It, yeah, no, he's he's also a part of a. a a Mutt Lang homage supergroup called Loud Lion with somebody from Rooney and somebody from the Donnas and then somebody from uh, one of my favorite band names, Bang Camaro. So, nice. Anyway, yeah. So the guy's got like, uh, 
bunch of yeah. irons in the fire. Yeah, it's got got a few irons in the fire, and that that track. Uh, Dude, that is a, a fun little pop song that also rocks. It, yeah, uh, it, it def, I'm surprised that it didn't go. Considering that it, it sounds exactly like it could have come off that first uh, Queens of the Stone Age record, like oh totally, I'm so I didn't surprised even think about that. It, which came out of probably about six months before that song did. I'm surprised it didn't do anywhere near as well as like No One Knows. I mean, it sounded like it had the same beat as No One Knows and the same what, like what I actually. Uh, Which is I, not I a bad thing. That's a good song. No, but it reminded me of like the more rockinger moments of Elliot Smith, like uh, like, the, like the rave up on Pictures of Me, or Baby Britain, a little bit. Like it's yeah, like, and it's got that kind of cadence, but it's still poppy. But dude, uh, I mean, it even had the same fills as No One Knows, like the do 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 do. I mean, like it it it's like straight up. Like I'm not saying. They well, were, I mean, they were on Interscope. I don't, I don't know what this was released on, but that might have had something. I'm to do not with saying it. that they. No, I'm. It's just it kind of was what was just going all around at that time. I mean, the, the records looks like they came out really close to each other. Well, and that's likely why it, nothing really. It was on came Columbia. Out. It got eclipsed. It was on Columbia. By, yeah. yeah. It got eclipsed by many other songs that sounded very similar. So yeah, I met that guy a few times. We have some mutual friends that are from. Yeah, Boston. you said you've met him a few times. Yeah, right? yeah, um, and uh, he was a nice guy. I, I thought he was really smarmy the first time I met him, but but um, he was he was a he was a nice guy. Um, yeah, he was on he was on a major for a while. He even had like a song in um, the soundtrack. It wasn't actually in the movie. I'm pretty sure, but it was on the soundtrack of the first Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby Maguire, yeah. Spider Man, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, nothing ever. Actually, this song was on the soundtrack of the first Spider Man movie. Was this the song that was on it? Well, it looks like a couple ones. This, this, and another song called Somebody Else. But yeah, if oh, I'd been his A and R guy, yeah. I would have had high hopes after hearing that. Like, and yeah, and no, they it's put surprising. They put out a couple of records. I'm pretty sure. Um, he put out a couple. On, so is Blue like him or is it a they? It's a him. The yeah, first time it's the dude. The first okay. time I ever saw him, he was it was at South by Southwest, and he it, he was playing, uh, he was looping. He was actually the first guy I ever saw that like looped shit, which had like looping pedals, and then he would play over the loops, which is like kind of ubiquitous now. But you know, fifteen, sixteen years ago, nobody. He was the fir- absolutely the first person I ever saw that that did anything like that. Great writer, good song. Yeah, um, obviously talented. And I appreciate That's my it. pop songs, and I appreciate the rocking. Again, it's sort of two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> it, it fits into kind of what we were saying, or what I was saying earlier. You know, like, you know, why didn't that? Why didn't that ever really do anything? Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, the fickle hand of the public. I feel like, uh, and and I had actually met those guys and knew somebody who knew them better than I did. But Queens of the Stone Age was kind of primed. A little bit before, like that record came out, like they they'd already had like kind of minor hits that kind of you know maybe charted a little bit on the like the modern rock yeah, chart, but, but they but they were kind of buzzy. No, before I'm that not. Ta- I'm talking about like Anderson Parker. I'm talking about people that you know like for whatever that are incredibly talented and for whatever reason just don't. Well, I think I think the, we are. We'll get back into that. We'll we can probably get out and talk about some more Anderson Park, but I think we are watching his emergence. <laughs> It would have been fun if uh, if Dot Pock and Tupac would have toured together because you could have just would have kind of kind of been like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, sure yeah it could have been like, like kind of the crowd up <laughs> kind, of, yeah. kind of a kind of a you know rock version of who's on first I don't know um, anyway <laughs> like the uh, the thing that I that I teased before we before we went into the intermission section was just the the teamwork that that went into the Malibu record. Um, one more little section I'll share from this is from Consequence of Sound. They said teamwork is ultimately what gives the hour long Malibu its expansive shape. It was made with elite producers like Madlib, Ninth Wonder, and DJ Kali, instrumentalists like Pino Palladino, Robert Glasper, and Pox Band, the Free Nationals, singers BJ and the Chicago Kid, which sounds like a show. Uh, Sonia, we're like Elise. somebody's like in a truck. They're like rolling down the avenue and like a, like a like an eighteen wheeler. That was BJ and the Bear. That's BJ, but who would uh, be the Chicago kid? Yeah, be like some old guy with a baseball cap, or yeah. would it be like an animal? I don't know. 
Anyway, and a rappers, goat, there were a baby goat kid. You guys yeah. are killing me. That's good. The 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 game, uh, Talib Kweli, Schoolboy Q, and Rhapsody. And then this guy goes on to say that in pure musical terms, it's the joy of an album to play all the way through. A radiant blend of styles, dense with instrumentation, a blast of horns here, a piano solo, or a squiggly guitar like there, with liquid bass lines and hard-smacking drums throughout. I do think that one thing that we haven't really talked about is that, like, for a, for an album that cracks wise as much as this one does, it's pretty upbeat. Like, not just in tempo, but, like, in tone. Yeah, no, I'll buy that. There's, there's, like I was saying, some of the tracks even get a little bit hippy dippy, but, um, but in a good way. No, he seems mostly um, optimistic. Even if some, I wouldn't say there's always is in tempo uh, upbeat, but uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. But he seems more or less optimistic, even when discussing shit that went down that maybe wasn't great at the time. Um, but it just occurred to me, you know, what would probably be a hard job, um, hip hop uh, attorney, because. <laughs> Like there's a, so in, many collaborations. Like that genre in oh, particular that, yeah. has so many collaborations. BJ and, and the Kid, and Chicago like, Kid, hip hop <laughs> like, attorneys. Everybody's on like three different labels with all their different projects. And I don't know. I just I people feel are like, producing. People like, are as a, yeah. As a music attorney, maybe hip hop is might be one of the more difficult ones. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Especially now, like you really, really, really see that. Like that's it's really predominant right now. Like people are. Oh, you just, there's just so many oh, credits. So many different tracks. But remember when we watched, volume the, business, watched right? when we did that Loopy Fiasco record last year, like every single fucking song he had had like five or six different people guesting on it. I mean, there were so there were probably thirty guests on that on that record. There are like fifteen tracks and there's like thirty five, forty guests on it. Yeah. Nobody quote me on that, and please do not go and fucking look that shit up, all right? I'm just telling you there's a but lot. But if you do, send it to uh message somebody at <laughs> gmail dot com. <laughs> Timely. Thank you for inserting that. Turn Shane's Shane's ran into a bumper. <laughs> There's a lot of guests on the record, is what I'm saying. But I, yeah, true. you're right. That would be. A, that seems like it would be. <laughs> yeah, of the of the you know, music attorney fields, I think hip hop. You would attorney. probably have a shit ton of fucking paralegals working for you at that point. Like, One would hope. Because uh, yeah, I don't you've know. Got, you've got a lot of homework. Uh, Anyhow, anyway, God love them. Like, they, you know, definitely working out for this dude. Uh, yeah, what were you saying? Like, um, well, I, no, you were saying like, oh, you know, it's just somebody that's not very okay, well known. Well, oh, well me, no, he's not very well known. But like, dude was nominated for a Grammy well, yesterday. Just started working with Dr. Dre like less than a right, year ago. I know. I guess what I'm saying is, and so let me back up. Um, when I the first time I ever heard a song by this guy was, I don't, I can't tell you for sure, but it was it was close to a year ago, and he was on. Uh, like Colbert, um, who then I don't even remember what the song was, um, and uh, I was like, "Damn, that guy, that motherfucker's talented." And mostly, he was just—he wasn't rapping; he was just singing. And then the next time I saw him was on Colbert, like two or three months later. That I guess you know, you never see that shit where they have somebody come back that quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but he—that's th- one thing that I hadn't gotten to. I've seen him a couple, and I've seen him on subsequent like late night shows a few times, or other late night shows, and. Um, that motherfucker is charismatic as fuck, man. And he's on, he's like on the drums playing this song, and then all of a sudden he like gets off the drums and he gets on the mic and starts and just goes out in the crowd and stuff and is rapping. Um, and I'm like, God damn, that guy is gonna be a fucking superstar. And that was, I think we're witnessing. I know, but what happened. all I'm telling you is the reason I keep saying that is that that was like nine months ago, and I, I was like, that's gonna happen. This is gonna happen right now. Well, so. I mean, it's, it's not always an overnight thing. I think but I get it. I'm just telling you. I think you Nora that. Jones kind of happened that way. She had a big hit, and then all of a sudden she was a well, giant also, star. But I mean, if if you've been on several uh, talk shows, nighttime talk shows, you're not exactly struggling anymore. No, I'm just. Well, no, I'm not saying he's struggling. I'm saying why isn't he like fucking? He, he, you know, like you know, you know, it's it's sort of analogous to like like Chance the Rapper. It took like, you know, I've been turned on to that guy now for about five years, and it took five five years, and now he's kind of ubiquitous. He's everywhere. Right? You think I mean, Ch- the, Chance the Rapper ever hangs out with Cedric the Entertainer? He's pretty good. Have you seen for like? Chance? Did, did you did you see the Chance the Rapper Kit Kat rapper commercial? I don't think so. No, it's, it's relatively amusing, but it, it I'm not gonna talk about it right now just i just really like people whose middle name is the, the That's like bob the builder <laughs> yeah. you know? it's like you know all those guys all the does <laughs> anyway yeah no, um shane i think i think we think he's talented oh no yeah i think we're all 
we're all on board. We're all on the same one. page, at least. Yeah, as far as I know, it's, if we're not fighting, if one of us isn't fighting about what we're listening to, then it's like it's like a little love in. Well, yeah, I mean, and then the, and then the show goes from like an hour and a half to like twenty minutes, thirty two minutes. <laughs> so then, like, still good. Um, yeah, no, I think um, I you know I do think that like I mean it seems like kind of if I'm hearing you correctly, what your dander is a little bit up about is that he's not. More famous, faster. <laughs> that, that seems to be the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but you guys, I, I, like, I was letting, I was just bringing it up earlier, and then you just keep, like keep fucking bu- busting my balls about mentioning that a couple times. But so, um, you know what? Why don't we just play another song, and um, we can just forget about that for right now. So, why don't we play? Am I wrong? Well, uh... record uh is the kind of thing that you expect to hear coming out of a moonroof like <laughs> like oh, that song that's like that's like 1985 like sleeves pushed up a little bit you know your jacket yeah. sleeves it's, it's pretty a little, smooth it is uh yeah it's a it's a little breezy and probably a little love joy but then he then he then he throws in like you know am i, am I, am I wrong to assume if she can't dance and she can't ooh <laughs> Ooh, meaning doing it. Well, I'm assuming. Yeah, that song was a, was a little Jamiroquai. It's a, I, it, yeah. I just think it, it to me like he's. It's just so he does this like really. Um, I don't know. He does this really staccato thing with his voice and that song that I think is really like it's kind of smooth underneath it, and he's like on top of it, so it creates this like interesting tension for me. How did you how did you come into contact with his work first? Was it through the that Colbert thing? The Colbert thing. Yeah. I've heard him on uh uh KUTX. Yeah, he's popped up. Times. I've heard him on KUTX. He's popped up and down. I mean, like Skyler's really been into this record all year. But like sh- we keep going to like after parties and she'll fucking put it on. I'm like, "No, you can't do th- I can't be in here when you do this because I have to listen to this for the for the podcast and I can't be very familiar with this record." So I mean, kind of put it back. Make yourself scarce. That point, nah, I just changed. I just put on some fucking Slayer or some shit. That that's similar, right. something that's you know relatively similar to yeah. this. There you go. You know, I've never picked a. None of us have ever picked a metal album on this, and and I don't. You s- picked hair metal. Hair metal, but I'm, ta- I'm talking about like Metallica or you know something like. Th- and I'm not saying like I would pick that. I'm gonna leave it up to. Well, you probably know a lot of that. Shit, more of, yeah, but I'm saying I wouldn't ever pick like something like that to like. I can't listen to 45 minutes of. I wouldn't pick any Slayer, but there's some, there's some other stuff I think like. And Our friend Kyle called that uh, Cookie Monster music. But it, Miguel used to say that. <laughs> I think I said this before on the show, but Miguel used to call like the stuff that Kyle likes to listen to. It's like if it's you, the it, sound of a, a washing re- machine a being re- dragged <laughs> behind a pickup truck. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> That's that kind of metal. All right, man. So, yay. All right. We come out on the other side. It's going to be good. Um, yeah, I have to say that I like this. Uh, like, with each repeated listen, I like this I, record a I little I told more. you, man. Like, yeah, like, no, it, it's, it's a grower. It's one, mm-hmm. of those, it's one of those things. Like, I, I, it wasn't what I had expected completely, having watched him live and how charismatic he is. And, um, and, and then every single time I listened to it, I liked it 
Well, I think he just has an enormous amount of confidence. And he even yeah. said in that interview I read with him that if Dr. Dre had come calling like five years ago, he wouldn't have been ready. Yeah, um, right. But by the time he did, like he went and auditioned for him, like literally auditioned for him. And he just like let himself be in the moment and didn't get freaked out by the star power or anything. And, and that's that's got to be was like, yep. can you fucking imagine like the kind of pressure? Goddamn Dr. Dre of all fucking people. Well, he like, was, he talked a little like bit. Like you're going to shoot you for not any good. Well, no, I mean, the guy basically defined what hip-hop has been for the last 25 years. That's I mean, true. In so many different ways. Kevin, you were saying? Yeah, he talked. To, he, he was interviewed a little bit about what it was like to work with Dre, and he said that the, the thing that really struck him was that, like, A, like, when Dr. Dre is, like, manning the board, like, he is the captain of the ship. Like, there's no question about who's in charge, which is, like, that's not necessarily surprising, but... The thing that he was like, he's he was a like, doctor after all. Well, yes, yes, he's a he, he's a doctor, doctor and a captain, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, yeah. So there's so there's that. But the thing that that uh, Anderson was saying that he was really kind of pleasantly. I mean, he didn't say that he was pleasantly surprised by, but but this was the gist of it. Was that like how how much Dre still like really loves being surprised by the music, and so like yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Like, there is a show on PBS, uh, I, I, which it's eluding me right now with the name. It was like a pun, but it was all about um, about like famous albums and how they got produced. And there were a lot of producers on it and stuff. And, and the guy that uh, ran Interscope for a long time, I can never, uh, I don't ever know how to Jimmy pronounce. Tommy, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say you. I And he was talking about like the first time he ever met up with with Dr. Dre, and he played him some stuff that eventually became the Chronic. And he's like. He's like, man, he, like, he, he said that he's like, I didn't intrinsically get, and I'm paraphrasing, I didn't intrinsically get this kind of music, but I know what sounds good. And he was, and he said something to, he's like, he's like, damn, he's like, uh, who engineered this? And he's like, I did. And he goes, no, I know you produced it. Who engineered it? And he's like, I did. And like, I mean, that's just how he's got his fingers. And Was it sound breaking? Yes. Yeah, I watched that show too. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Anyway, that was Anderson Pac. Um yeah, this was cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing it, Shane. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Um, I guess I you had no choice, really. Mostly. <laughs> all right, all right, Ryan. What do you have this week? Um, yeah, I've got uh, a band that I don't know we've brought up yet, um, but Parquet Courts. I think we're probably at you. No, we you played you, a Parquet Courts song a before. Court. Oh, well, yeah. Were, I hope, that, I hope it's you, not this one. Where you told us that it was the most interesting video ever, and it was the chick walking around, and then she eats a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It wasn't dust, was it? Stoned and Starving. Stoned and Starving, I forgot about that. Yes, I did. <laughs> it, was the, it was the world's most interesting video. And we were I do love that song. And the whole time you were like, wait for the twist, wait for the twist. <laughs> and she just sits down and eats she, a cheeseburger because she's stoned and starving. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not that. This is just Dust by Parquet Court. So, uh, Mark, why don't we get into it? <laughs> Allergies kick in during that video. Yeah, I, I think what that actually was was uh, PSA. Watching a guy have a mental breakdown. I, I, this is what I think. This is what I feel about Parquet Chords, is that they come up with these songs in the in the rehearsal room, and then Homeboy goes home and gets high and just writes about the things that he's noticing. For example. Stoned and starving. He just wrote about it. He was stoned and he was starving. <laughs> and that one, that one, he smoked some really good weed and he's just noticing. <laughs> he just the started fuck, freaking out. He's about just all freaking the dust out about the dust everywhere and stuff like that. That's pretty. I'm pretty sure that that's that's the that's his songwriting. Extremely technique. literal song. Extremely literal video. Yeah. Well, Layered though. 
you know, it, it was about Literally. dust. It's about right. a guy like sitting at a oh, desk. Oh, we know it was about dust. He didn't ever let us. They, well, no, they, and there's they lots they never of dust in the video. Talking and about then there's like a, a anthropomorphized dust, dust, dust ball. Dust Duff, witch? Dust, dust witch, yeah. Um, dust warlock. I don't know. But then he was still eating his Chinese food or whatever. And drinking well, what appeared to be like fat out of a, out like of a pencil, pencil holder. Yeah. Uh, it's his own personal eraser head. Yeah. <laughs> I dig the song. It's fine. Thanks, Shane. It can't always be winners. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need to like put together at some point the Shane Bartell like uh, like ca- categories of like you know like there's Grand Slam in the bottom of the ninth. And, like there's th- a three would be fine. Well, there's you know, different. I think there's different grades of fine as well. Like it's not there's it's, not just one. It's fine. fine. There's, well, there's, sometimes it sounds yeah, like curly. Fine. He goes and then it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's it's but, that inflection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's when it's not really fine. That's when I, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that song's fine. Uh, I mean, you usually, you often pick uh, good ones for the end there, but uh, do you really want to sit around and listen to that song, like, multiple times in a row? If you're I, not, I mean, like, I heard it on the way home from work, and I, I liked it enough that I shazammed it and made sure it was recent so we could listen to it. You I sh- dig it. Are you, it. Yeah, that's fine. I, would, I, probably, I probably wouldn't change the channel if it came on the radio. I didn't. <laughs> well, there you go. That's kind of the definition of if that's the that's the denominator that we come down to. Like, well, you know, I wouldn't turn the channel. I, turn the channel. I might have even turned the channel and then came back to it because there wasn't anything else good on. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's the definition of fine. <laughs> you turn it, you're like, oh well, you know, I got this. Uh, there's commercial on that, and like, I don't like that song. So so dust. That was something. I dug it. What'd you think, Kevin? I, you know, I, I, so I, um, I guess. Well, the thing that I always think about when when uh, you dial up yet another individual song for the Parquet Courts catalog is that is that uh, both times. It, well, is that the majority of the, those guys are from Texas? Those so, are right. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're mostly ex. Well, I guess about half ex Dentonites or whatever, but. Um, anyway, yeah, you know, I think I, I don't, Shane's opened my eyes with regard to their songwriting, uh, uh, I'm telling you that. No, I think you're right. (laughs) That has gotta be, that has gotta be how he gets his lyrics I think that is some dank songwriting. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, in terms of like their, it is, it is, it's very much in the, even though they don't sound like pavement, like it's a, it's very much the pavement formula where it's like, okay, let's be slack as shit and, uh. You know, and there's a there's a I guess a certain cool cachet in that. Like I I I like them fine. I don't I don't go out of my way to consume parquet. Courts. I think that I think we've all come up that the operative word when describing parquet courts fine. is fine. Yeah, I like them better than fine. Yeah, uh, you could say I, fine with a capital F. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say they're fine in, in, in italics. P h o i n. Anyway, all right, kids. So yeah, uh, I guess I've got next week. What's up next week, Ryan? Well, I had to had to change it. I'm I'm bumping my original back because it's too similar to what we just discussed. But um, one that was on my original list of twenty when we were talking about starting this show uh, was a record by Dolly Parton called Jolene. Oh, a great idea! We, I was just thinking we hadn't done a country one in a while. Well, and our friend Matt Munoz went to that show. It was last night, yeah. um, and she was just in town. And apparently, sounds great. Like I had a couple people in my Facebook feed that went to that show, and they just were fawning over it. Should see if we can get Matt to come in. That that might be an idea. Uh, I would I would be in favor of that. All right, let's see. But for now, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it.